Have you ever wondered why we obsess? People love to obsess over everything from ex-lovers to their favorite celebrities, music, their religion, their pets, porn, and pretty much everything else under the sun. But what happens when your obsession begins to rob you of your quality of life? What happens when you become so obsessed with something or someone that you can no longer function in your daily life? Well, stay tuned, because on this week's episode, I'll reveal not only why we obsess, but teach you the science behind how it works and give you the proven strategies to help you manage your obsessions. Stay with us. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephen Diamond, and welcome to What the Tigers Taught Me. You know, I grew up performing magic, touring all over the world with real lions and tigers, as you might have seen on the hit Netflix TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. If you're new to the podcast, I use the term tiger as a metaphor to describe those hidden creatures that lurk deep within us all. You know, things like stress and anxiety, depression, and one of the most dangerous creatures lurking among us are our obsessions. It was 2001. I was about 30 years old, and I had been booked to go on a 20-city tour all over China. And my team and I were preparing for that when the World Trade Center towers came crashing down in New York City. It was September 11, 2001. That was a day none of us who were alive will ever forget. I was getting ready for rehearsals early that morning when my production manager called me and simply said, Stephen, turn on CNN right now. In that very moment, I knew nothing would ever be the same again. I stood there in front of the only TV that I could find and witnessed the second plane hit the tower. It was devastating. We were under attack and I could feel my anxiety begin to rumble out of control. The very next day, the producers of my tour called and canceled the entire contract. What was I going to do now? Suddenly, my anxiety began to explode. I was in full obsessive mode. Everything was so confusing and so uncertain. No one knew what to do or even what to say. All of the airlines had been shut down and there was suddenly no movement within the country at all. Everyone was terrified and you could see it in people's eyes. The next thing I knew, my obsessive compulsive disorder was completely out of control, having just been triggered by these traumatic events. But I didn't know that yet. It would still be a few more months before I would even hear those words for the very first time. And as strange as it sounds, I was able to find work as the opening act for the world-famous Osmond Brothers at their theater in Branson, Missouri. I also opened up for Tony Orlando and a host of other celebrity stars there over the years. It's now mid-December of 2001, 
and my OCD is completely out of control. And at this point, I could no longer function as a human being. One day, during a live sold out show, I collapsed backstage. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was about to die. Now it's a really long story, but suffice it to say that the Osmond brothers saved my life. They surrounded me with love and they helped me get the professional help that I needed. Now I'll forever be in that family's debt of gratitude. They are amazing, loving, and very caring people, especially the youngest Osman, Jimmy, who I had become good friends with at the time. Without them, I'm not even sure I would be here today. Stephen, you didn't have a heart attack. You had a nervous breakdown. We believe you have something called OCD, Obsessive Compulsive Disorder but we need further testing to be able to accurately diagnose you. The doctors told me that in the hospital. I had never even heard those words before. I had no idea what it even meant. All I knew is that I couldn't continue to live the way I was, nor did I even want to. I was an extreme perfectionist a form of OCD, and we'll get into that later. You see, I was rehearsing and working obsessively to the point of physical and mental exhaustion. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't control the urges to rehearse and perform and have everything as perfect as it could possibly be. I'm sure many of you out there listening can relate to that. I would do the same things over and over and over again. Some things had to be done a certain way. Some things had to be done in a certain way and a certain number of times, or even on a certain day at a certain time. It's literally an insane way to exist. And the truth is, at the point I reached in my disorder, you can't live. You can only exist. Yet you are compelled to do what you have to do and it's far beyond your control. The worst part is that you don't even understand why you're like this and you can't make any sense of it at all. You're physically and mentally compelled to do these things. And it never gets better. Without treatment, it only gets worse. But I didn't know that yet either. All I knew is that my obsession with trying to succeed was getting worse and it felt like it was killing me. I was literally working myself to death. In Japan, this is actually a national crisis. So why do we obsess about things? What causes us to become so out of control and physically compelled to do certain actions over and over to the point of exhaustion? You can find this most easily with people who suffer from porn addictions and video gamers. Recently, it's become clear that social media is creating an entirely new subset of freshly minted OCDers, as I like to call them. Now, it's normal. 
on occasion to go back and double check that iron to ensure that it's unplugged or to worry that you might be contaminated by germs or even have the occasional unpleasant, violent thought. But what if you suffer from obsessive-compulsive disorder? Obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors become so consuming that they interfere with your daily life. OCD is an anxiety disorder characterized by uncontrollable, unwanted thoughts and ritualized, repetitive behaviors you feel compelled to perform. If you have OCD, you probably recognize that your obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors are completely irrational. But even so, you feel unable to resist them and break free from the cycle. Like a needle getting stuck on an old record, OCD causes the brain to get stuck on particular thoughts or urges. For example, you might check the stove 20 times to make sure it's really turned off because you're terrified of burning down your house. Or wash your hands until they, they're scrubbed raw for fear of germs or contamination. While you don't derive any sense of pleasure from performing these repetitive behaviors, they do offer some passing relief for the anxiety generated by the obsessive thoughts. Now, you might try to avoid situations that trigger or worsen your symptoms or self-medicate with sex, alcohol, or even drugs. But while it can seem like there's no escaping your obsessions and compulsions, there are plenty of things that you can do to break free of unwanted thoughts and irrational urges and regain control over your thoughts and actions. But before I reveal my secret tips and tricks, let's explore how and why OCD works. It's important for you to understand some of the mechanics behind the scenes, so to speak, in order for you to begin the healing process. The simple science behind why we do this is because we get a reward each time we do that particular action or follow through with a particular urge. A reward so powerful that it causes you to act in certain ways and compels you to do certain things that you probably otherwise wouldn't even do. That reward becomes so important to you that you will go to any lengths to hide your obsessions from other people. You begin living your life in secret and you develop a certain shame around what you do and why you do it. As this secret life begins to grow, you begin to retreat from society, from your family, your friends, and your loved ones. And that is no way to live, I assure you. I suffered this way for more than 30 years of my life. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, I wrote a book about OCD. It's called OCD, A Life Among Secrets, and you can find it on Amazon or by visiting my website at stephendiamond.com. So by now, I'm sure that you're asking yourself, just what is that reward that I've been talking about? Well, believe it or not, it's dopamine, among a whole host of other pleasure chemicals. 
This is really a simple explanation for a very complex disorder. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving medical advice. But think of it this way. Imagine a slot machine here in Las Vegas. If every time you put a dollar in that machine and pulled that handle, it electrocuted you, there would be no casinos. Casinos only exist because we have mastered the psychology of rewarding our brains when we play those machines. Every time you play a slot machine, your brain receives a very carefully designed trigger to get your brain to release what I like to call reward or pleasure chemicals. The most powerful pharmacy in the world is located right between our ears and billion dollar casinos are built on the understanding of how to manipulate our brains and trick us into feeling good every time we play. So guess what? We do it again and again to the tune of billions of dollars every single year. When you obsess over someone you love, the same thing happens. When you are triggered by that special someone, meaning when you hear their name or see them cross the street or maybe wander across a photo of that person, those feelings of love you think you are experiencing are really a rush of dopamine and other powerful brain chemicals. In some people like myself, these feelings, or think of them as pleasure rewards might be a better way to describe them, are so powerful that you become obsessed with keeping and controlling the person that you love. Now, not all obsessions are bad. If what you are obsessed with is actually improving your life, then keep doing that. It's only when your obsession begins to control your life and compel you to the point that it robs you of your quality of life that you're going to need some treatment. For example, if you're addicted to porn or a video game and you can't stop yourself to go eat a meal or use the bathroom or visit with an old friend who might stop by to see you, then that's a clear sign that you're going to need some help. At that point, you're being robbed of the quality of life that you used to enjoy. And professional help is going to be the only path to getting better. If you're like most people, you've had the experience of obsessing over something stressful that happened in your day. It may have been something someone said to you that hit you really hard in the gut. It may have been a situation where you wish you had the perfect comeback, or it may have been a problem that replays itself in your mind over and over with no acceptable solution in sight. Now, these things are completely normal, and that's not what I'm discussing here today. I'm talking about things like a fear of being contaminated by germs and dirt or contaminating others even. A fear of losing control and harming yourself or others. Intrusive, sexually explicit, or violent thoughts and images. Now here is one that our country in the United States is completely overwhelmed with. Excessive focus on religious or moral ideas. There are millions of people suffering from this right now and they don't even know it. How about 
fear of losing or not having things that you might need. And order and symmetry, the idea that everything must be lined up just right. This one nearly caused me to end my own life. Superstitions, excessive attention to something considered lucky or even unlucky. Now, common compulsive behaviors in OCD might include things like excessive double-checking of things such as locks, appliances, or even switches, repeatedly checking in on loved ones to make sure that they're safe, counting, tapping, repeating certain words, or doing other senseless things to reduce your anxiety, spending a lot of time washing or even cleaning, ordering or arranging things just so to ensure that they're perfectly just the way that you think they need to be. Praying excessively or engaging in rituals triggered by religious fear. That's a big one in this country. Accumulating junk such as old newspapers or empty food containers. We've all seen that A&E show called Hoarders. Most people with OCD fall into one of the following categories. First, you have washers who are afraid of contamination. They usually have cleaning or hand washing compulsions. Checkers, repeatedly checking things like making sure the oven is turned off or the door is locked. Now, they associate their checking with harm or danger. Then you have doubters and sinners. These people are afraid that if everything isn't perfect or done just right, something terrible will happen or they'll be punished. Then you have counters and arrangers. They are obsessed with order and symmetry. They may have superstitions about certain numbers, colors, or even particular arrangements of things. OCD is a cycle that basically works something like this. First, you'll have an obsessive thought. Next, you'll feel anxiety beginning to well up inside of you big time. That anxiety then forces you into some compulsive behavior, which then provides you the temporary relief through the release of those reward or pleasure chemicals we've been talking about. And guess what? As soon as you get that relief, it won't be long before the entire process begins all over again. It's maddening and it's completely insane, but you're compelled to do it. You have to do it and it's beyond your control. So what can you do to help manage your OCD symptoms? Here are my top secret tips for beginning the process of learning to manage and regain control of your life when you are suffering with obsessive compulsive disorder. The first step to managing your OCD symptoms is to recognize the triggers, the thoughts or situations that bring on your obsessions and compulsions. Record a list of the triggers you experience each day and the obsessions that they provoke. Rate the intensity of the fear or anxiety you experience in each situation and the compulsions or the mental strategies that you use to ease your anxiety. For example, 
If you have a fear of being contaminated by germs, touching a railing at the mall might generate a fear intensity of a level three, not so bad. Whereas touching the restroom floor in a mall might generate a level of 10 and require 15 minutes of hand washing to ease your anxiety. Can you see the difference? So keeping track of your triggers can help you anticipate your urges. And by anticipating your compulsive urges before they arise, you can help ease them. For example, if your compulsive behavior involves checking the doors and making sure that they're locked or that windows are closed or that appliances are turned off, Try to lock the door or turn off the appliance with extra attention the first time. Create a solid mental picture and then make a mental note and tell yourself the window is now closed or I can clearly see that the oven is actually turned off. When the urge to check arises later, you will find it easier to relabel it as just an obsessive thought. Identifying and recording your triggers also provides an important tool for learning to resist your OCD compulsions. Tip number two, learn to resist OCD compulsions. Now it might seem smart to avoid situations that trigger your obsessive thoughts, but the more you avoid them, the scarier they're going to feel. Conversely, by repeatedly exposing yourself to your OCD triggers, you can learn to resist the urge to complete your compulsive ritual. This is known in therapy as exposure and response prevention, or ERP for short. And it's the mainstay of professional therapy for OCD. Now I went through this kind of therapy myself, and I can tell you firsthand that it really, truly works. But it's really, really difficult because you have to have the courage to allow yourself to be exposed to that which you're afraid of. You know, it's kind of like someone telling you that there's a snake in the box and you have a, a death-defying fear of snakes. And it's only being exposed to that box and getting a little bit closer and closer and closer each time to the box that eventually one day you're going to be able to open the box and see what's inside. And guess what? There's never a snake in there. It's all in your head. And over time, your brain will begin to learn that, that what you're afraid of is irrational and slowly your fear will begin to dissipate. ERP requires you to be repeatedly exposed to that which you're afraid of, the source of your obsession, and then refrain from the compulsive behavior you'd usually perform to reduce your anxiety. If you are a compulsive hand washer, for example, that could mean touching a door handle in a public restroom and then not allowing yourself to wash your hands. As you sit with the anxiety and the urge to wash your hands, you'll find that it gradually begins to go away on its own. In this way, you'll learn 
and actually retrain your brain that you don't need the ritual to get rid of your anxiety and that you have some sort of control over your obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviors. Ultimately, that's going to make you feel better. Tackling your biggest fears straight off might be too extreme and I don't recommend that. So ERP exercises start with you confronting lesser fears and then working your way up the fear ladder, if you will. Confront those situations that generally have a low fear intensity level. And once you're able to tolerate the anxiety, you can move on to the next one, which is a more difficult exposure challenge for you. Tip number three, learn to manage your stress. While stress doesn't cause OCD, it can trigger symptoms and make them worse. Physical exercise and connecting with another person face-to-face -face are two very effective ways to calm your nervous system. You can also try this. Quickly self-soothe and relieve anxiety symptoms by making use of one or more of your physical senses like sight, smell, hearing, touch, taste, or even movement. You might try listening to a favorite piece of music or looking at a treasured photo, savoring a cup of tea, or drinking a little bit of uh, your favorite beverage, or even hanging out with your pet. You know, pets can do amazing things in lowering our heart rates and stress levels. I highly recommend hanging out with your pet. Here's another one. Practice relaxation techniques. Mindful meditation, Yoga, deep breathing, and other relaxation techniques can help you lower your overall stress and tension levels and help you to manage your urges. For best results, try practicing a relaxation technique regularly. In my online stress and anxiety management training course, I teach you all of the skills that you will need to cope with your OCD. If you're suffering from OCD, it's a very worthwhile and very affordable investment in your own well-being. I have personally coached many, many sufferers, and if you need someone to help walk you through step-by-step, step, I have a special one-on-one -on -one coaching program made just for you. You can check it all out at lifeskillsmasterclass.com or on stephendiamond.com. The final tips I want to mention today are some of the most important because they're lifestyle changes that you're going to need to make. You know, a healthy, balanced lifestyle plays a big role in easing anxiety and keeping OCD compulsions, fears, and worries at bay. Exercise regularly. I can't stress this enough. It's so important. Please listen. Exercise is a natural and effective anti-anxiety treatment that helps control OCD symptoms by refocusing your mind when your obsessive thoughts and compulsions arise. For maximum benefit, try to get 30 minutes or more of aerobic activity on most days. 10 minutes several times a day can be just as effective as one longer period, especially if you pay mindful attention to the movement process while you're doing it. 
And don't forget about nutrition. It's so important to fuel our bodies with the very best fuel we can find. That's gonna help you in so many different ways. Next, I want you to get enough sleep. Not only can anxiety and worry cause insomnia, but a lack of sleep can also exacerbate anxious thoughts and feelings. When you're well rested, it's much easier to keep your emotional balance a key factor in coping with anxiety disorders like OCD. If you're one of the millions of people having trouble falling asleep at night, I've created an amazing self-guided audio called Deep Relaxation that is specifically designed to knock you out and allow you to get that deep, meaningful REM sleep that we all need every night. Be sure to check it out. You can find it on my website. Next. Now this one is gonna be really hard for a lot of people listening. I need you to avoid alcohol and nicotine. Alcohol temporarily reduces anxiety and worry, but it actually causes anxiety symptoms as it wears off. Similarly, you'll find that while it may seem that cigarettes are calming, the nicotine is actually a powerful stimulant. Smoking leads to higher, not lower, levels of anxiety and OCD symptoms. Finally, if you have a loved one suffering from OCD and you don't know what to do, check out my downloadable audio called OCD, The Missing Manual of Answers. In that course, I will tell you exactly what to do, but more importantly, what not to do and I'll answer all of the major questions that you have about this unfortunate situation that you find yourself in. Trust me, I'll save you a ton of time and money in this audio course. You'll be so glad that you have this important life-saving information. I hope you'll check out Life Skills Masterclass. We're building a great community of like-minded, loving, and supportive people who all need just a little direction in their lives to help get them over whatever hump that life might be sending your way. Join us, won't you? I'm Stephen Diamond. Remember to take good care of yourself and be kind to each other out there. We're all fighting for the same things in life, and together we can all make a real difference in this world. And you know what? That's what I'm all about. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.